0: What's up, everyone? Ryan Satin here. Welcome back to another WWE on Fox Smackdown Roundup. What a show we're going to discuss here. We had a classic milk bath with Kurt Angle, some killer matches, and interesting storyline developments. I'm excited to talk about it all Looking forward to chatting with you all. I got to do a little minor programming note, though. If you listen to these shows and you listen to it all the way through, on the Raw Roundup at the end, I had a little bit of a tease for my next guest. Just want to say uh, there ended up being a change. So <laughs> uh, the tease that I gave you is incorrect. Don't be mad at me. But add a character, we'll be back next week week, not just these roundups. The actual show, Out of Character, is back next week, and this weekend we'll be announcing who that guest is. I think we're announcing it actually a day early. I think we're announcing it tomorrow. So I'm really excited to have a new episode of Out of Character coming back out, uh, not being in the studio for a couple weeks. Felt weird, It felt strange. I hated not having interviews to talk about on social media. And it was like, what am I going to post about if I'm not advertising out of character? That's what I do now. So, just wipe my brow there. We're back out of character next Wednesday. Well, this coming Wednesday, not next Wednesday. This coming Wednesday, out of character is back. But enough about the out of character. Ryan, stop shilling. You stupid shill! <laughs> uh, no, no, no! I know you don't think I'm stupid, but that's just just. I, I felt like I was reading my replies right there. <laughs> no more shilling for out of character. Let's get into this week's episode of SmackDown: the Kurt Angle birthday celebration. But that's not until the end of the show. The show began with Sheamus and Butch versus the Usos. Now I love when the show begins with a lengthy, good match. This one was like 20 minutes and saw the Usos pick up the win after hitting the 1D on Butch. No complaints or criticisms here. I think it's good to switch things up by starting with a match rather than a talking segment sometimes. And this was a good way of continuing the storyline between the Brutes and the Bloodline. I really like that, and I do think that we're because we've seen this continuing on, you know they they teased Roman Reigns being on the show next week. I do think that Sheamus is the one who's next in line for a title shot. I feel like at Royal Rumble it's going to be Sheamus versus Roman Reigns. That's what I think is going to happen. But they didn't win this match. They lost. Sheamus and Butch lost. Uh, but it wasn't Sheamus who took the pin. It was Butch, like I said, and that makes all the sense in the world. Uh, Sheamus had to come in at the last minute, but still, uh, uh, Ridge Holland makes an appearance ringside for the group, and at one point, Solo took out Ridge Holland by hitting a spinning Solo on on the barricade, and I gotta say, I really like what they're doing with Solo. I think when he was... In NXT, it's not that I disliked him whatsoever, but I felt like he was still trying to figure out who his character is. And since he's been part of the bloodline in the weeks that have followed and and the stuff with Sami Zayn, it's really helped him kind of carve his spot in the group. Like, he's the one who isn't fun. He's very serious. He's all about the business, even once they make friends with Sammy. Even when he's being nice with Sammy, he's not smiling, he's not joking. He's a tough, badass dude. And I, I dig how they're almost trying to make him like uh, their Umaga, where you know he's just a silent killer. Now, I know Umaga made some noises and stuff, but he had a mouthpiece, and he was mainly just there as the silent killer, and uh, I think that's what 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 uh solo's kind of becoming for this group. And you don't need him to talk. Look at all the people he's got around him: Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, the Usos. There's no reason for Solo to be talking. So to make him just this like silent killer that's part of the group that that's taking people out for them, it really does add to his character. He's taken out Matt Riddle for six weeks now. He's taken Solo or uh, Ridge Holland out of this match. Um, well, ringside, he's taken him off the grid. Um, just, it really is, you know, for being such a newcomer, they've made him look very strong and made him fit in the bloodline, and it works. Now, next, like I said, the, the running theme of this show is the Kurt Angle birthday celebration, and Kurt Angle arrives with Gable Steveson. They're approached by, by Braun Strowman, who welcomes them both and says he's seen Gable at the Performance Center training. He then tells Gable to not wait down there too long, and when he wants, he can get these hands. Gable says that when he's ready, Braun will be the first to know. wondering if that's going to be some foreshadowing to come in the future there. This is foreshadowing for this episode regardless, because there's a lot more to come here. So we will, uh, I'll save my thoughts on this Kurt Angle stuff, uh, for a few segments from now, I got, I got, a, I'll have a couple different thoughts on this, but for now, we'll let that one simmer. Next, we had L.A. Knight, who comes out, and after the break, he talks about how obvious it is that he struck a nerve in Bray Wyatt. He then shows footage of Uncle Howdy being there each time he was attacked, which prompts an appearance from Uncle Howdy himself on the Titantron. How do he keep saying "do it now"? And that he deserves to suffer. He then finishes by saying, "The door is closing." So, <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I, it seems to me like the doors closing factor is like the doors closing on when the on when the fiend is gonna return. This all still feels like it's bringing about the return of the fiend. I would. I, I feel like feels like the doors closing on 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 whatever this funhouse was. I don't know if we're going to get the actual fun house again, but I mean, like, in terms of, like, whatever, where the door to whatever this demonic thing is uh, inside of him is closing and, 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 and it's going to be, it's going to close out the bad person, close out Bray Wyatt and, and reveal the bad person inside of him again. I don't know. That's what it seems like to me. Um, but I do think that, you know, when I'm watching this, uh, as much as I want, like, Maybe a little more advancement in the Bray Wyatt stuff, which we kind of got tonight. A little more so. does feel like we're getting closer. Well, I should say it feels like we're getting closer to wherever this is going. I really feel like L.A. Knight has been standing out in this feud. I think that on paper, when you first looked at this, there's a there's definite mismatch there. But L.A. Knight, for you know, whatever you want to say about the guy, in the face of of this scary person who we've seen do all these scary things in the past and who's clearly mentally unstable. In the face of this former WWE champion, LA Knight isn't scared. In fact, he's still confident in himself, even though he's gotten beaten up twice, and he is still looking for a fight. And I think that that says a A lot about his character. It makes his character look like a tough dude, like a guy that you can get behind because even when he's getting beaten down, he's standing back up talking about how it shows that he's inside someone else's head because that's happening. And then he goes, I want to go find Bray Wyatt myself. I think it's clear that Howdy is Bray Wyatt and I'm going to go find him backstage. And he goes off into the distance. I think that that shows that his character isn't someone to be messed with either, regardless of who he's getting, you know, uh, he's getting dominated and beaten up by this scary presence. I still think that when he's not backing down, not looking scared, not looking nervous or frightened, he's, he's going back there and standing back up and ready to fight again. I think that makes his character look strong, at least that's how I look at it. Footage is then shown from earlier in the day of Shotzi having her hand slammed in a car door in the parking lot while Legato was being interviewed. Shotzi and Rhonda then laugh about what happened and get asked if they're taking things too far outside the ring. As they respond to this, the duo get approached by Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox, and it leads to a challenge for later in the night. Uh, Triple H loves... Making the parking lot a scary place, and I am someone who is always into that. I've said it before on this podcast. I've said it a million times that I like the backstage area to kind of have a life of its own. I like the parking lot to have a life of its own as well. It's one of my favorite things about uh, the vibe of NXT is that scary parking lot. I love how they make it seem like anyone can get the absolute crap kicked out of them there, and they've leaned into it. Well, now the WWE parking lot continues to be unsafe with Triple H managing things behind the scenes, uh, but I like this. I, I felt like the the backs the the you know Legato being interviewed made it feel natural. Shotzi and Ronda being bullies continues to, to build them up in this new thing they're doing, and uh, Shotzi gets to play the the sympathetic baby face, so it works for me. I just you know I keep I've seen this fire Ronda Rousey hashtag, and I'm, I just think it's so dumb. I think. I, I also keep seeing these takes of, like, WWE has a Ronda Rousey problem. And I'm like, huh? She just turned heel finally. And we have her paired with Ronda. Or excuse me, with, with Shayna. And they're doing exactly what we've wanted to see from these two for a while now. I don't understand the whole, like, we got a Ronda Rousey problem. Like, she helps bring eyeballs to things. Regardless of those people who are like, oh, she's not... Uh, she's not a big star she once was Um, okay but like she's still a big star that like almost everybody knows so it's silly to act like she should like she doesn't deserve the place that she has in the company and I like what they're doing with her and Shayna now so maybe I don't know maybe it's because I've been such a big fan of the four horsewomen of MMA for so long that I'm just happy to finally see uh, two of them getting to do their thing together on TV so maybe I'm biased, but I, I like what Ronda and Shayna are doing together. Next, Joaquin Wild and Cruz Del Toro versus the Viking Raiders. Before things really pick up, though, B-Fab comes out, sits on a chair at the top of the stage, which distracts both teams long enough for Hit Row to attack them with chairs. Hit Row take out both teams with the chairs. Then Valhalla jumps on their backs. So v v I'm getting my V's and my B's mixed up here. So B Fab takes her out too. B Fab, then tosses Valhalla into Zelina on commentary. And AJ, excuse me, Top Dollar hits his finisher uh, on Cruz del Toro to finish the segment. Yeah, I mean, I think that I'm someone who loves tag team wrestling, I've always loved tag team wrestling. I think that tag team wrestling is a special thing and I and I and personally when I look at tag team wrestling I want to make sure that all the teams stand apart that there's a difference between all the teams. They all have their own vibe, their own thing because then you're going to you're going to, you know, feel like you certain people are going to want to cheer for certain teams. You're going to be able to relate to these people, you're going to be more into their characters when you see them in it helps, obviously, when they're all good wrestlers as well. Uh, but these three teams, I'm excited about this. You know, um, the Viking Raiders have been getting uh, a, a dedicated push. Spence Triple H uh, has come back, um, even though, you know, he was a, what's called, uh, Eric was injured for a minute. Uh, they've really, you know, Triple H has clearly always been a fan of, of the Viking Raiders. That's why he brought them to NXT. It's why he gave them huge pushes in NXT. And seeing that again in this new incarnation where they're being taken much more serious, they've got a much more dark vibe. I love it. The Viking Raiders. Legato. Legato has been looking fantastic since they hit the main roster. They've really been showcased in the way that brings out their characters as best as possible. And then... Hit Row has been a, a thing that Triple H has been building up since he came back. One of the first teams that he brought back, or one of the first, like, you know, people he brought back, brought them back as a team. And I think that all three have been getting proper build. I think that the history between uh, the history between Hit Row and Legato is there. And I just truly think that now that we've got three teams. That are in this mix together, that all can go, that fans know about now as a whole, is really gonna spice up the division. We got these three teams feuding now. We still got New Day, we still got teams out there. We we got Imperium, we got we got stuff happening. The tag team division is alive and well. The Usos is alive and well. Street Profits, well, they're on they're on raw. They were just on SmackDown tonight. But it's just tag team wrestling is is on the rise again in WWE you know that Triple H has that same appreciation for tag team wrestling he has showcased it well in NXT and I think this is really going to be the start of some dope tag team wrestling that we've already seen it amongst the top teams but I think that this is going to be a cool feud in the middle that shows that you can have an awesome mid-card tag team feud that doesn't even need to necessarily have the tag team titles attached to it to have bangers. I'm excited. I think these three teams are gonna mesh well together. Next LA Knight is shown walking backstage looking for Bray Wyatt. He walks into a room and sees a Bray Wyatt shirt hanging up. So he walks in and then the lights turn off. He flashes his cell phone around the room to try and figure out what's going on and of course sees someone in an Uncle Howdy mask. Ah! He screams. As the show goes to commercial, I thought we were going to see more after this. I thought we were going to see like what happened to him, maybe see him under a pile of stuff. But we, unless I missed it, we never saw more with LA Night after this. So I'm I'm interested to see what happens with 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 uh, LA Night now. I'm, uh, did he get kidnapped? Is he has he been taken to the? the fun house? Are we going to see the fun house coming back? Are we going to see some new characters? What's going on here? I would like to know. All I know is that after the break, we see superstars hanging backstage with Kurt Angle and Gable for his birthday. And you can briefly see in the corner, Bray Wyatt arguing with someone outside the door again. It looks like he's arguing with himself. Gonna have to wait and see on that one. Gonna have to wait and see... But in the meantime, someone hands Kurt Angle a number one dad card. Aw, it's revealed to be Jason Jordan. What a reunion. Those of you who have been watching for, for I don't know, past couple of years. I don't want to say a while because it doesn't makes you sound old. It wasn't that long ago. It was just a couple of years ago when we had the Jason Jordan storyline where it was revealed that Kurt Angle was his dad. So I like that we had the little throwback there and it's been so long since we've seen Jason Jordan on TV. Sucks that the guy got injured and that he hasn't that he wasn't able to return to the ring, but it's really good to see the fact that he has found a new career behind the scenes. Seems to be loved behind the scenes, seems to be killing it at this job and found a second life in the wrestling business behind the scenes. So, nice little callback with Jason Jordan and Kurt Angle. Next, we had Ricochet and Gunther come out for their contract signing, which is immediately interrupted by New Day. Before I explain why New Day did that, though, let's have a quick commercial break. So New Day come out, and they explain that everybody already knows how this is going to go. Gunther is eventually going to get mad, and this will all descend into a brawl. So they're coming out to back their boy, Ricochet. Adam Pearce chimes in saying that won't happen, and Woods cleverly asks if Pierce has ever watched wrestling before. It's probably my favorite line of the night. One of those things was like one of those wink-winks to the camera because all of us watching these know the tropes of the contract signing. And, of course, even though Adam Pierce says that's not what's going to happen, this is exactly what happens. Truth, excuse me, uh, this is exactly what happens. And a match begins. Woods was telling the truth, Woods knows Woods loves wrestling, he gets it. Uh, I <laughs> you know, when I saw that it said that it was there was going to be a contract signing on this show, I kind of sighed to myself, like, "Ugh, I don't know, do we need those tropes to still be around? I feel like the contract signing thing is so played out, we've seen it a million times, we all know what's going to happen so. It actually pleased me when Woods called that out. I thought to myself, well, wait a second. Okay. <laughs> if they're going to still do it but call out how easy it is to know what's going to happen in these segments. Well, I guess I can't be too mad at it. It was very meta. It was very Deadpool because uh, it's almost like the, the Triple H and Company felt my sigh through the TV. Felt all of our sighs through the TV. Life's not about me. Life's not about you, Ryan. Ryan. There's more than one person in the world. Oh, wait. Are you guys still here? Oh, you are. Sorry. Uh, Where was I? Imperium versus New Day and Ricochet. That's where I was. That's what happened after this. It was a nonstop match that saw New Day and Ricochet keep up the pace for most of it. It's actually wonderful to see Ricochet getting a dedicated push again. The guy is such an impressive wrestler when given the opportunity to showcase his abilities. And I really think... In a year's time, he'll be in an even better position than he's ever been on the main roster. But do I think he'll beat Gunther for the IC title? Ricochet, if you're listening to this, just, just mute it for like a second. This is it just us now. Okay, there's no Ricochet here. I don't think he's gonna win it. I don't, and I and and I, I say that sadly because oh, sorry, meant to. I'm gonna silence my phone. Apologies for that. Uh but I just think that this IC title reign has been going so well. And they have been they've been doing it so well that I think it has to lead to WrestleMania. And I don't know if he even loses the title at WrestleMania. I think he holds it still. And I earlier today I saw that John Cena is coming back for one SmackDown at the end of the year. And I asked people to fantasy book who they think John Cena might set up a WrestleMania match with. Now, some people said he's going to announce that he's in the Royal Rumble. Then he can do something at WrestleMania that can be set up there. Not a bad idea. I also saw some people saying that uh, a confrontation with theory makes sense, too, since... The one they had before Cena walked out on him on, and now Theory's had a new change of character. He's more confident in himself. Will he just go right for Cena and call him out? Also possible, but similarly, uh, hes or I shouldn't say similarly, but, but the problem there would seem to be if he's going to be on SmackDown, this John Cena thing. Uh, Theory's a, a raw person. Now that doesn't mean they can't make an appearance. He can't make an appearance on SmackDown. We saw Street Profits on SmackDown tonight, they're a raw team. So it's possible. Uh I also saw some people say that they'd like to see the setup for Cena versus Austin at WrestleMania. I like that. Gets me hype. But out of all the responses that I saw, the one that stuck out to me the most was Gunther versus John Cena. Now, hear me out. John Cena's never won Intercontinental title. And beyond that, I think Gunther has the ability to be one of those top heels in the company. I really do. I think that he's proven himself these last few uh, months while holding the Intercontinental title. I think that he has that ability I think he has this presence, and I think a match against John Cena, even if he loses, would do huge wonders for his career. To be on that stage, to be on the grandest stage of them all in a match against John Cena, would be such a huge deal for Gunther. Now, my only issue with Cena winning is the fact that we're not going to see Cena weekly. That's one. And number two is it would almost harken back to back in the day when we would see Super Cena and there'd be this heel that was built up very well and then Cena would come in and beat them at WrestleMania. Uh, So if you could have, if Cena's willing to come in and put Gunther over at WrestleMania and Triple H can show that in this era... It's different. Things are different. It would be huge. It would send a message. I would love to see that. I don't know if we're going to see that. I don't know if Cena comes back just to put Gunther over. But I kind of like the idea of it. I think it would help the business. I think it would help WWE. And I almost think Cena would be willing to do it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I'm thinking too far ahead here. I don't know. Let's stick to SmackDown. Alpha Academy are shown trying to get into Kurt Angle's party after this, but they're not on the list, and this is going to be a sticking point for later in the night, but we're not there yet. First, we are backstage with the Bloodline. They celebrate over having back-to-back tag title defenses defenses this week, and of course, solo Sokoa scowls beside them. They then all agree to go to Waffle House, but Jay holds Sammy back real quick to remind him that Roman Reigns will be on the show next week. He then suggests Sammy clean up a little by getting a haircut and beard trim before next week. No! 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 Sammy can't cut his hair. That's like one of my favorite parts of his character right now is that he just looks so wild. Are we going to see the old school Sami Zayn look is he bringing it back I feel like I feel like the hair and the beard have been such a big part of him now if he's cutting that hair baby face turn has to be around the corner I mean he's already a baby face right now everyone loves him so I, I realize that but I mean like bloodline turning on him would have to be around the corner you think I don't know I don't know <laughs> oh I don't know I don't know Maybe he just cleans the hair. You know, cleans it a little bit. Trims up that beard to keep it the same, but like, you know, long, and he kinda just looks like a redheaded Roman. That would also be funny. I would be interested in that. Um, so but but they really they really heavily they 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 heavily push the fact that that Sammy might next week have trimmed his hair and his beard and I'm concerned. <laughs> Ray Mysterio is shown in the trainer's room after that, gets approached by Karrion Cross and Scarlett. The trainer calls for security, and Cross says it's not necessary. He then brings up the situation with Dom and talks about how unfortunate it was that Ray got injured. Cross then says Scarlett grew up in Romania and and her family had a thoroughbred horse, but it got older, and they eventually had to make it a workhorse. Scarlet couldn't forget its worthless eyes, though, and Cross reminds Ray that it's always sad when you get to a point where you have to put an animal out of its misery. This, you know, I dug this. He seemed like a serial killer here, and that's kind of what his whole character is supposed to be. Like, a, like he's supposed to have serial killer vibes. I know he's carrying cross, but before he was killer cross, and there was like, I think there's this like demonic serial killer-ish vibe to his character, um, and this really made him look that way, mean to come to a nice man, talk about his son, and talk about how he is a former thoroughbred that has become a workhorse that now needs to be put out of its misery. He didn't come in there. He didn't attack him. He didn't do lame insults. None of that crap. You know, like he came in. He was cool, calm, collected. Said some really mean stuff in a nice way, and I think it showed more of who his character is. Someone who is thought who, who who's who's who, at, who's who's <laughs> who's you okay there, Ryan, whose actions are thought out. That's what I wanted to say. I think he's someone whose actions are well thought out, and he wants to scare people ahead of time. He wants to get in their head. He wants to play mind games, and he's playing mind games with Rey Mysterio. Now, I'm not sure if Rey is actually injured or it's just part of the story, um, but I think that if he is, it's been a good way of kind of like, prolonging things by just kind of having him cut. First there was the promo with the tarot cards. Now this where he's going face to face with Ray. He's inching closer and closer. He's stalking his prey. He's getting ready to put this horse out of its misery. I like this. Felt like it was very direct. I felt like it was um not too uh it wasn't like cheesy or anything like that. It sounded like the kind of thing that would come out of carrying across his mouth in real life if he was trying to intimidate someone. So I dug that. I was interested I, I I like this. I think that these two are gonna have a good match together. After that, a video package aired on Tegan Knox and her backstory. The video covered her injury history in NXT and how she vowed to never give up on herself. And now she's willing to do whatever it takes to win gold. We also got another video package on Lacey Evans doing more military training. Both of these were effective. I think when you're bringing someone back, like a Tegan Knox, who you're bringing her back to WWE, but she was in NXT before. I think that there's a huge, I would say majority of the roster, excuse me, majority of the viewers are not familiar with with Tegan Knox. So this was a smart way of catching them up to speed on why you should care about this returning superstar. Someone who... People liked in NXT, had been gone. Now she's back. Um, It's important to establish characters. And this established that no matter her size, no matter what you think about her, she is a fighter who always comes back a little bit stronger, a little bit tougher, a little bit smarter. And she is now going to win gold in WWE. I liked it. Very to the point. And with Lacey Evans very similar to the one that we saw last week, but I got to I'm not gonna lie, I like these, the voiceover thing, it's different, different is good, creative, I want to see creative things when I'm watching a television show, and like, yeah, these are creative, I think they're, you know, I, the ones that she was doing before about her real life and her dad were super depressing, and I thought that it did a, a decent job of making her a baby face and then it was immediately disregarded and I didn't like it. I don't think that's what's going to happen here. It seems to me like they're they're really going to dig into the the heel thing from for Lacey Evans and how she doesn't give up. She's tough, you know, really show who she is as a person and and and, and as a person who is tough as nails, not just someone who had a screwed up childhood but I like these vignettes they're doing for her. They're different. They're creative. I, I I like outside the box. I like things that don't feel like they're on every other show, and that's what this was, just like a little, small little snippet that reminds you that she's in the midst of a repackage and that soon she's going to be back tougher than ever. Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox versus Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey took place after that, and Liv and Tegan both got a surprising amount of offense in here considering how dominant and Shayna have been as of late at one point in the match Raquel Rodriguez tried to make her way to ringside but backstage officials stopped her Ronda then approached the group and argued with them which distracted everyone long enough for Liv and Tegan Knox to team up on Shayna for the win was not expecting that was not expecting that like I said uh, Shayna and Rhonda have been built up as real dominant as of late. Um, Ronda's the, the champ. Shayna's slamming doors on people's hands. They're bullying people. They're choking people out backstage. Surprising to see them lose here. Um, now, you could say that similar to last week, it took three women to do it. It took a distraction from Raquel Rodriguez. And then it took Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox to team up together to take Shayna down. So yes, you're right. It's not just a straight up clean thing. It's not where, um, you know, they got, you know, physically bested. It was more so uh, they got one-upped smarts-wise, strategy-wise. And so I guess for that, it's not, it's definitely not bad. It definitely doesn't make Ronda or Shayna lose anything except for the actual loss on on their records. And I do think that on top of that, uh, it actually is really helpful for Tegan Knox. even though she didn't get the pin. I think that ultimately, her first match back is a W over Ronda Rousey. And Shayna Baszler, who was one of the most dominant women in NXT history. So when you look at it from that perspective, like, actually, everybody wins here. And I think that was really cool of Ronda to be okay to be in a, a losing position when she is the champ right now. Very uh, helpful for everyone involved because I think that it shows that technically Shayna and Ronda are still vulnerable. It made Raquel Rodriguez look like a good guy, for good woman, good person. Uh, babyface, there's a better term for it, made her look like the babyface, gave her lots of babyface cred for helping the bad guys, to, for making the bad guys lose. And then I think that with Liv Morgan, obviously, it keeps her her uh, rivalry with those two going. Shows that she is still on their level. And Tegan Knox gets her going in a good way. So, this was a good segment all around. A good match. Good match. Good good booking. I'm into it. Kurt Angle, then shown backstage, says that it's time for his birthday celebration. Gable asks, Gable Stevenson asks if he should come to the ring with Angle, but Angle says it's not necessary and tells him to continue the party backstage. So we get the Kurt Angle birthday celebration to close the show. Before Angle can really get going, though, he's, of course, interrupted by Alpha Academy, who are still angry about being left off the list for his birthday party. Gable calls Kurt petty for not wanting to be upstaged in his hometown by a real Olympic hero. And that the crowd is right. Kurt sucks. He then says that Engel has lost the three eyes. And if he doesn't get out of the ring, Otis will eat his cake. This prompts an eat that cake chant from the crowd. And Kurt gets out of the ring and walks up the ramp in sadness. Aww. But then he turns around. Yay! And calls for, of course, a milk truck driven to the ring with Gable Steveson on the side. They then toss milk-like hand grenades at Alpha Academy because Otis, when he gets hit with each one, he's like, looks like he's exploding and falling to the ground. And before that is over, he pulls out the hose and sprays them both down with milk. Gable Stevenson and Angle then get in the ring and cheers each other with the milk as the show comes to a close. All right, here's what I got to say about all this. What are you saying, Ryan? What are you thinking here? Here's what I am thinking here. Okay. I know that Kurt Angle had his last match, but I am someone who's on social media all the time. Unfortunately, my screen time, don't want to share that with anyone, but I saw the other day that when asked if he'd be willing to wrestle again after that retirement match, Kurt Angle said yes. He said, this time, however it would have to be a tag match so i could get carried by some other wrestlers weeks later shows up shows up on smackdown with gable Steveson, someone who triple h is heavily invested in their future brought him in he's been he's been someone who has touted the success of gable stevenson in training and furthermore when triple h first had his health issues Talked about how that WrestleMania he was even gonna wrestle against Gable Stevenson at WrestleMania to get Gable off the ground and debut him on the main roster in a big way. Well, now we fast forward. Triple H can't wrestle, but he still wants to get Gable Stevenson going in a big way. How much better could you get than doing it with another Olympic gold medalist? And Kurt Angle, and I'm guessing on the other side, it's going to be Alpha Academy. Alpha Academy have been getting this push, uh, the the push of their careers on Raw under Triple H, where they're just really shining every week. And I could definitely see a world where if, if Kurt Angle needs someone to carry him, wants someone to carry him to a great final match, Chad Gable is your boy. Chad Gable is of course the one. You could even at some point have Jason Jordan being sad that when he gave the number 1 dad card to Kurt Angle, he still brought another person to the ring with him in Gable Stevenson. We can see the reunited uh uh Alpha, oh dude, American Alpha, just all the possibilities, but I think that's where it's going. I think we're going to see one more match from Kurt Angle at WrestleMania this year with Gable Stevenson against Alpha Academy. All right, enough of my fantasy booking. I will say this much. I liked the segment. Always fun to see Kurt doing the milk truck. Hilarious watching Alpha Academy sell the milk. They're flying all over the place. So funny. I think at this point, Kurt Angle has done the milk truck more than Stone Cold ever did the beer truck. Which is pretty funny when you think about it in retrospect. Us Attitude Era kids know how funny that is. (laughs) Okay, I'm done here. Make sure that you're subscribed to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find clips from Raw and SmackDown every week. As well as out of character with your boy Ryan Satin every Wednesday video early in the morning. But you can also you can also listen to the podcast. Here in this podcast feed comes back. The show is back this coming Wednesday. So make sure if you just happen to stumble upon this show cuz you were looking for some raw coverage or you were looking to check out what all what these shows I'm posting about all the time are really about. If you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button here in the podcast feed as well. That's what you'll get out of character on audio Podcast for in audio podcast form every Wednesday. You get these Ron Smackdown Roundups. You get a best of the week on Sundays as well to catch you up if you didn't hear everything else. So make sure you're subscribed here. Make sure you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. If you like the podcast, leave a rating or a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And make sure you follow WWE on Fox on social media. All right. That's it. I'm done officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been SmackDown Roundup.